views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Whether you feel like your life is crumbling around you or your greatest dreams are just within your grasp, you're on the verge, on the verge of your next best thing. When certified hypnotherapist and master life coach Laura Richer found herself on the verge, instead of having a breakdown, she used it as a way to break through and truly transform her life. Now she works with people every day, helping them to do the same. Tune in to Laura's hit new show, On The Verge Radio, to learn how you can use your breakdown for a breakthrough. Hey, everybody. Welcome to On The Verge Radio with your host, Laura Richer, and her new co-host, Andy Lucas. Laura is a certified hypnotherapist, a master life coach, and she is the owner of Seattle Healing Hypnotherapy Reiki and Life Coaching and the host of On The Verge Radio. Laura, welcome. Hi, Andy. Thank you so much. I am so excited to have Andy here with me today to be co-hosting On The Verge Radio with me. Um, Let me just tell you a little bit about Andy. She is an entrepreneur who left the corporate world to do what she really loved. And she's also used a lot of the healing modalities that we offer at Seattle Healing Hypnosis to do her own healing work and create great change and transformation in her own life. So I knew she would be the perfect co-host to be on the show with me. Um, She is also the owner of Hummingbird Marketing Services, which is a boutique marketing business that helps small business create a powerful online presence that will really help take your business to the next level, which is what she has done for me at Seattle Healing Hypnosis. Thank you. And because our lives parallel in so many ways and the work we do parallels in so many ways, I and because Andy used her on the verge moment for a breakdown (laughs) or breakthrough instead of a breakdown. (laughs) A few breakdowns in there, maybe sure. a little bit. Um, I just knew she would be the perfect host for the show. So thank you so much for well, thank joining you, me. Laura. That is quite the introduction. I really <laughs> appreciate it. And on today's episode, we are talking about the destructive daily grind and how to handle when you're in a toxic relationship with your job. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of us that are dealing with this kind of noxious nine to five. So let's jump right in, Laura. What is a toxic relationship with your job, and how do you know you're in it? So in the most simple terms, a toxic relationship with your job is having a job that just doesn't feel good. When you go to work every day, maybe you dread it. Maybe you have a ton of stress related to the work you do. Um, I know for myself, when I had a toxic relationship with my job, I would actually kind of rather get into a car accident on the way to work <laughs> than than show up for work. Just, you know, something would take me out for a couple days, nothing serious. Um, but just, I think... You just know that you're not satisfied by the work that you do. And I think one of the biggest things that lets you know you have a toxic relationship with your job is that the only reason that you're going there is because of fear. So fear you can't find another job, Mm. fear around paying your bills, whatever it is, fear is the only thing holding you to it. Yeah. And we are absolutely going to address a lot of those fears because it really does kind of boil down to that. Can you tell us about your experience when you were kind of in your toxic uh, job relationship? And how you got out? So, like a lot of people, when I graduated from college and and then I went to live in Europe for a little bit, when I came home, I had a lot of credit card bills to pay. And I just looked for a job that could pay the bills. I didn't really look for work that would be satisfying. And so that's kind of how I got into um, the corporate world. And I remained there for over 12 years doing oh. work that was was unsatisfying. And, and it took 
getting to a place where I was really uncomfortable, getting to that on the verge moment where I really decided that the paycheck wasn't worth it to me, that I it was important to me to do work that was satisfying and meaningful. Yeah, and not as anxiety-producing and stressful and one that maybe you didn't want to get into a car accident while you're Right, that's to. always a sign. If you want to get into a car accident on the way to work, you're probably at the wrong job. <laughs> um, well, you know, what I've, I've done just some reading while we were prepping kind of for this episode, and uh, Gallup recently did a study of 100 million full-time employees in the, in the United States, and more than 50% are just not engaged at work. They feel no connection to their jobs. And the number one reason is poor management. Mm-hmm. It's, number two is finances. But the number one reason is poor management, that they don't feel supported. They don't feel um, like they're being acknowledged for good work. Did you have a similar experience? You know, I did, and I was really in an in an industry that wasn't didn't utilize my skill set. So I found myself in the wrong place. And even though the paycheck was good, I just was not happy there. And I work with clients all the time that find themselves in that same position, and they want to transition out of that. But for whatever reason, fear is keeping them attached to that job. So I have a really great client that I worked with who she got a job that was actually very prestigious in her field. It was really an accomplishment to get this job. And when she got there, it was a really toxic environment. Her boss was highly critical. There were a lot of unwritten rules. She was Mm. very unsure of what the expectations were. And she found herself experiencing really extreme anxiety, and it was affecting her relationship. She was just miserable. Um, So some of the work that we did through hypnotherapy and coaching was to help her realize that it was okay for her to find a job that she loved, that it wasn't a failure if she had to move on, even though this was a prestigious position, um, that the actual failure would have been staying in an environment that was making her miserable. Absolutely. And so you worked on hypnotherapy and coaching to help her through all of that? Yeah, to really kind of identify, to help her build her self-esteem because her self-esteem was kind of beat down after having this experience of all of the criticism and the environment that she was. And she moved on to find another job in her same industry Mm. um, that actually paid more money than where she was before. Um, She just needed a little confidence that it was okay for her to make that change and that it wasn't that there was something wrong with her. She just found herself in the wrong place. I think that happens to us sometimes where we feel like if we don't meet others' expectations that we're not, we're doing something wrong. And I I was watching Oprah's Super Soul Sessions with Wes Moore, who's a best-selling author, and he was doing a talk about the difference between your job and your work and where we should find our passion and get our sense of fulfillment from our work, not from our job. And he had said something that I thought was really interesting, that we aren't products of our environments. We're products of our own expectations. And those expectations we have of ourselves come from the expectations that others have of us. And then we internalize them and make them our own. And so sometimes people stay in jobs because it's what their family thinks they should do or you know, what, what they've been brought up to do. Like you were saying, you went after the paycheck and that's kind of what we're taught is the American dream to have this high-paying, successful job. Yes, which I'm all for a high-paying job. That well, is sure. fantastic. Absolutely. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but you also want to be able to do work that is meaningful for you. And that's different for, for everyone. You know, for me, in the industry that I was working in, it really required a lot of analytical, detail-oriented type of skills, which is not my skill set. I really am more of a creative, big picture type of a person. So while it was a good job to have and there was great benefits and it's a great job for a lot of other people, it wasn't a good job for me. And so for me, the relationship that I was having with my employer became very toxic because it was so unfulfilling and unsatisfying. But we don't have to 
We don't have to stay in jobs. There's always another option. And if you feel called to do something else, I really believe that that is for you. And you just need to remain kind of open to it. Right. So can you tell us how you felt called to hypnotherapy and how you got out of this? So I didn't really see any other options. I kind of saw the option either being stay in the corporate job or become homeless. I was very black and white (laughs) in what I was thinking my options were. But because of that, because I didn't find work satisfying, I started exploring what was interesting to me. So there was a school near where I lived that taught life coaching, and I had seen a life coach before. and just thought, oh, that might be a fun class to take and learn more about myself. And then I took hypnotherapy and ended up taking all of the the classes at this particular school. Um, I had no intention of that becoming my job. I just wanted to do something that was interesting to me. But that is exactly what, if you feel like you're in the wrong place and you don't know where to start, that's exactly where you should start. Just look to see what you might be interested in. Yeah, I I love it. Um, What are some of the effects, would you say, of staying in, like the negative effects of staying? Because you were there for 12 years doing work that you did not feel fulfilled by, uh, feeling anxious, stressed out, having some physical issues. And so what were some of the things that were happening to you? I think I just I started to have a lot of anxiety. I really dreaded going to work. Sunday nights would come around, and I just did not want to go to my job. Um, and I felt I started to feel kind of a lack of uh, self worth because I felt very criticized in the work that I was doing. Because again, it wasn't the right fit. Um, and, over, and I started experiencing health issues and. And I see that over and over again with my clients who are experiencing a ton of stress. And so it starts to manifest as as physical symptoms. I'm a big believer in the mind-body connection, obviously. Mm -hmm. And when you are ignoring all of your thoughts about maybe this isn't the right thing for me, it can possibly start showing up in your body. And that happened for me. Neck pain, back pain. All kinds of stuff. And I know, Andy, that you had a similar experience. Oh, I and we'll be talking about my (laughs) stories from the snake pit uh, shortly, but... Um, yeah, I was having back spasms where I would almost be paralyzed for about 30 seconds. I was in the store on Christmas Eve and I picked up a ham and I dropped it and I fell on the floor. And, you know, it's, it's a wonder after I left that company, I I didn't have back pain anymore. It was miraculously cured. That's the same thing that happened with my (laughs) neck pain. It's amazing. But I know you found some information about what stress can do to you. Yeah, so stress, what they are saying, the um, Statistic Brain Research Institute and the American Institute of Stress says that the number one cause for people in in the U.S. of stress is job pressure and then money and then health. But health, I think, is affected by stress mm-hmm. and by money issues. And what they're estimating is that the annual cost to employers in stress-related health care and missed work is about $300 billion per year because of these stress-related um, health care, lack of productivity, um, internal threat, theft, and turnover. It's really expensive to lose an employee because you have to recruit and then retrain, and then it's just kind of a mess. So, yeah, and um, the causes of stress, you know, it's, it's that it makes people feel tired, and then you can't sleep, oddly enough. You're exhausted, but you can't sleep. You get headaches, you feel muscle tension, and there's a decrease in sex drive and upset stomachs, and it's just kind of a mess. All kinds of terrible things, and I suspected when I had my job, my toxic job, that there was something better. I knew that I wanted to feel good in the work that I did. I knew I wanted to make a contribution in some way and have a positive impact, and that is definitely a possibility. Yes, and we are going to talk more about that. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with On The Verge Radio.
plus live your purpose equals joy. That's the motto of Unstuck Joy with Vicki Todd. Vicki believes you were born with gifts that are meant to make the world brighter. Each show will feature an art visioning journal prompt to help you create your way to soul clarity. If you're ready to get unstuck and create more joy, this show is for you. Tune in every month on Transformation Talk Radio. For more information, visit VickiWorldArt.com. Chris Stainis is a spiritual leader and healer and teaches a course on how you can transform your life through a meditation and healing system that will manifest your spirit's dreams. She manifested the Women of Wisdom Conference, the Women of Wisdom book, and this radio show. And she can show you how to change your life, too. Are you ready? Visit the website and contact her at VoicesOfWomenToday.com. That's VoicesOfWomenToday.com. If you're one of the millions of Americans suffering from anxiety, you probably know how powerless and out of control this emotion can make you feel. This is why it is so important to remember that anxiety is created by your mind, which means that you can learn to use your mind to uncreate it. Hello, my name is Dr. Friedman Schaub. My award-winning book, The Fear and Anxiety Solution, provides you with a step-by-step breakthrough process to understand and resolve the root causes of your anxiety and build a solid foundation of confidence and inner peace. If you're ready to take your power back, visit thefearandanxietysolution.com. That's thefearandanxietysolution.com. Or call 866-903-6463. That's 866-903-MIND. Are you struggling in a relationship and deeply craving some tools and support to get things back on track? Do you crave having a loving, compassionate relationship with Mr. Right, but always seem to pick Mr. Wrong? Well, Sarah Luce can help. She's created a four-week online course starting September 28th that will teach you how to shift your energy and behavior to have new transformative outcomes. And you're going to get a personal one-on-one session with Sarah to ensure you get powerful, personal results. Sign up today at sarahluce.com. How would you like increased health and vitality? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural process. Every day we are either moving toward wellness or away from wellness. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. I'd like to be your partner in achieving optimal health. Contact me now at maryjanemack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit maryjanemack.com. And welcome back to On The Verge Radio with Laura Richer and your co-host, Andy Lucas. And we are talking about the destructive daily grind and having a toxic relationship with your job. Uh, Laura, before we jump back into it, tell everybody how they can get in touch with you. So you can find me at seattlehealinghypnosis.com or you can just give us a call at 206-765-8265. And we're all over social media, Facebook, Instagram, Google+, YouTube at Seattle Healing Hypnotherapy. And you offer a a complimentary assessment. I do. For all pers- potential new clients, I do offer a complimentary 30-minute assessment where we take some time to discuss what your goals are, uncover what's holding you back, 
and see if our services might be a good fit to help you get to where you're trying to go. And you can do that over the phone. You can do it via Skype in case somebody doesn't want to deal with Seattle traffic or isn't even in Seattle. Yep. And... Or they can come into the office. Or they can come into my office on Upper Queen Anne at the yeah. Queen Anne Space Building. It's a lovely office. I spent a lot of time there before <laughs> I had my breakthrough. <laughs> Speaking of which. So, Andy, <laughs> let's get to it. Let's talk about Andy has some experience with a toxic work relationship. Yes. So tell me about your stories from the snake pit. Oh, gosh. Well, I have had many toxic work environments, uh, mainly uh, due to management, bad management. Uh, But the worst was, I would say, my most recent career. I was working at a large online retailer based in Seattle, which will remain (laughs) nameless. Um, And the first few years were really fantastic, and I loved the work I was doing, and I loved it. Um, But I tried to change departments, and um, my manager uh, told me it was a great idea for the company, and then five weeks later said, actually, you can't have that job. It's not good for the company. He had HR in there. HR was completely on his side, which as they, they tend to be. And um, I went to her for help, and she said, I said, this doesn't seem right. And she said, no, it is right, Andy, and you know it. And, um, so it sounds like you were kind of being bullied in the schoolyard at I work. was. I was. And actually, what happened to me became known throughout the company as being Andy Lucas. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, because it—and then people were even more afraid in their jobs, and they were even more afraid, like— That's not even clever. No. That's being not even Andy clever. Lucas? That's the worst. No, that's, that's not even clever. <laughs> really? That's you the best thing to come up with. You know, you're going to be Andy Lucas if you don't okay, watch it. Right. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> my bad. But, um, yeah, it was really kind of traumatic, and I was— very sick for about two weeks after it happened. I mean, I thought I was getting, I was moving to this new department. Everything was going to be great. And then it was, the carpet was completely ripped out from under me with no reason. So you knew at that point you were in a really toxic work relationship, but yet you stayed for a couple more years. I'd stayed for five more years. Absolutely. So what kept you there? Well, okay. I did have a very good paycheck um, and the benefits were fantastic. But the real reason was I was terrified. I thought, I have no idea what else I'm going to do. Even though I had been a magazine editor for 15 years before that, uh, even though I'd had, I mean, I'd had like 30 different kinds of jobs. I could do have do, done anything, but I was so terrified. And I was getting so much of my self-worth and my value from my job. And then I, it, it that was very difficult for me because I, I, suddenly after I'd been doing so well my whole life, I was told that I, I sucked. And so after, after that position was taken away from me and then I kind of moved around and I was there for five more years, I still worked 10 to 15 hours a day. I worked almost every night, certainly every weekend. I had no work-life balance because the assumption was from my managers was that uh, I had someone at home to take care of these stuff that you need to take care of. And uh, it put major strains on my relationship. I definitely drank more. All of us were going to happy hour together because it to was cope. the only way that we could cope. Exactly. Um, but what I, the way I felt there was that nothing was ever good enough and nothing good was ever acknowledged. So it didn't matter how much I has, had succeeded or how well the category had grown. I was still, well, why didn't you do this? And why didn't you do this? It was never, there was never anything happy. And I don't, that doesn't feel fulfilling to me. That feels beaten down like a dog. So as we know, you went on to start your own business. What prompted you to do that after being in kind of a, well, actually a very toxic environment that had you really kind of feeling beaten down and not good enough? What what changed within you that led you to starting your own company, actually two companies? Yes. Well, I met a woman named Laura Richard. You might know her. Um, 
what happened, I decided to explore the idea of hypnotherapy. And in that setting, I understood, I, I learned more about Reiki and I learned more about life coaching. And it was at your encouragement because you knew that I could kind of do this. I could do websites and marketing and because that's what I was doing. But you saw how broken down I was. I mean, I was completely depleted. I was exhausted. And all the positivity that I got from Reiki was just overturned by the day, the next day when I went to work. Um, but, you know, I finally left the company. I, it was kind of a mutual decision. And um, I, I, at that point, I really did feel like I had been brainwashed into believing that I, I sucked. And it, it took about nine months until I decompressed from that. But I was able to start Hummingbird Marketing Services. And I wake up and feel positive about going to, to work every day. Um, and I feel so happy about what I do to help my clients build their online presence with their websites and social media and all of that. And I, it's, it's so fulfilling. So I love how you decided to get into online marketing. I think it's a really interesting story. Tell me what you did that prompted you to start a marketing company. <laughs> well, like you were saying, it's important to kind of explore the things that you love and explore, you know, your interests and the things that make you happy. And so I really, I love the internet that I can find anything there. And I love to write. I've always been a writer. And I also have, um, uh, I don't even know if it's a guilty pleasure. I have an obsession with chewing gum. Uh, and so I thought, you know what? I have always wanted to start a blog and I'm going to start a blog about chewing gum. And it got me to create the gum blog. And I learned how to build a website. That was my first website that I built. In the meantime, I had these two adorable kittens, uh, Jackson Charlie. And so I thought, well, I kind of want to learn how Facebook advertising works. So I built them their own Facebook page, The Jackson Charlie Show. And now they have over 2,400 followers because I did some targeted advertising um, to learn how that works. So I really was exploring, and this was all going on while I was still at my other job, but this was giving me a way to kind of tap back into my creativity and find out how things work. So it was really... I, I love that example because you just don't know what you can do to open up that next door. I mean, you created a blog about gum, and while that didn't make you any money or... Well, Trident hasn't called me yet, but, <laughs> but I'm still waiting. The, the lines are open. But it opened the door for you to some other possibilities just for, like, for me taking those classes in healing arts while I did it initially just for fun, opened the door to a whole new new business for me. Exactly. So that's one thing I really encourage clients to do or anyone who's listening, that if you feel really stuck in your job and you have no idea what direction to go next— just try something that you like. Maybe if it's even something like salsa dancing that you can't imagine how you'd make money. You just, you never know. Yeah, because you start, because you never know who you're going to meet. You never really know what's going to happen from it. Yeah. And I have another thing from Wes Moore because that Super Soul session was fantastic. Yes, it was. But he said something that really resonated with me. He said that he was trying to find peace in his business card mm -hmm. um, and that he was hoping when he met people and they asked him what he did, that his answer would be interesting enough for them to continue the conversation. And he found himself valuing his worth by what his employer was thinking of him. And that is exactly how I, how I felt. And I think so many of us feel. I'm not married. I don't have kids. And so I, my, my focus for my life has been my career. I've moved all over the country for it. And so to have that, to have somebody beat it down and make you feel like you're not worth anything is, is really destructive. And we are going to talk more about the fear that keeps us there and all of that. But um, I know some physical issues. We talked about my back problems. You had shingles. There's a lot of bad things that can happen when you stay at these corporate jobs. Yeah. I mean, I'm not corporate jobs, at toxic jobs. Yeah. 
yeah, there's some awesome corporate jobs and there's people that thrive in that environment. Mm-hmm. We didn't happen to be those people. No. But, but <laughs> some people do and that's great. You just have to decide what is toxic for you. So, you know, I for me in the beginning of my career, I didn't choose a job that I could really use any of my skills. It was really went against everything that I was good at. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, I think, part of what created a toxic environment for me. Yeah. And I found what I'm doing now is really, I love jigsaw puzzles. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what I do is figuring out these these puzzles and how to kind of find the right customers for the right uh, client of mine. And it's really, I feel, I feel so uh, lucky to be what doing what I'm doing, and I feel so grateful to you for having encouraged me because I didn't come from a family of entrepreneurs. Everybody worked kind of that that traditional n- nine to five, noxious as it is. Yeah, and um, I never even thought that I could do this, and it was kind of terrifying to me. Like, how? What am I doing? Who am I to do this? But I really appreciate it. And I think that that's the fear voice that we hear is, who am I to do this? But And I did come from a family of entrepreneurs, and I still feel that way. <laughs> yeah. So let's, when we're, when we're in kind of those uh, toxic moments, what are some of the other things that we're feeling, like taking criticism and all of that? I mean, I think for myself and I think for the people that I work with in my practice, it's, you know, what will people, what will other people think of me? Mm -hmm. A lot of people have great jobs that they just personally don't like, but they sound good to other people. And like you said, that's a big part of their identity. I'm the, I'm the VP of, of whatever. And while they're unhappy there, it sounds good to other people. The paycheck, I mean, I am all for making a big paycheck and that's what I wish for everyone. But sometimes that's not motivating enough. I know at the Mm -hmm. end of my um, my last career, I just, the money didn't really matter. I, no. I didn't care anymore because I just completely disliked the work that I was doing. Um, but I think that is a big piece of it for people. I'm and, and honestly, that's a really valid concern. We all need to pay our bills. But I really believe there's another way. There's always another way because we talked about earlier, fear can tell you, well, I'm a single woman. I don't know how I have anyone to fall back on. How could I start a business? But a married woman could say, I'm a married woman. I can't let my partner down. I need to mm-hmm. hold up my end of the bargain. Or, you know, so there's always an ex- there's always fear. Oh, we're going to combat some of Justify that for you. But there, if you're if you're open to it, there's always another option. And before we go to break, real quick, what do you think is the number one thing that you gained by leaving? Oh, freedom. I am a Freedom is probably my number one core value. I don't like having other people tell me what to do, so I am perfect for (laughs) (laughs) self-employment. I would say for me, I gained back my Mm self-esteem and a belief in myself, which had really literally been beaten out of me. So anyway, we're going to take a break, but we'll be back with more On The Verge Radio and talking about this toxic relationship with our jobs. My name is Audrey Michelle, host of Rewired Life Radio and a spiritual growth coach. I talk about this all the time on my show, listening to your body and acting on intuition. What do these things even mean? Here's the thing. About 10 years ago, I figured out I was doing it all wrong. I mean, I wasn't unhappy, but was I really happy? 
And then life sent me a spiritual smackdown, like it does, because I wasn't listening to my best resource, my body and my intuition. I was living from a place of fear. I was stressed and I was in pain, and I seemed to be happily unhappy. Mostly, I just didn't know what I didn't know. And what I didn't know was that my body and my intuition had all the tools I needed to live life as my best self. I'm sharing the tools I have learned over the last 10 years of my healing journey in my online class, Soul Awakening, beginning September 19th. Learn more. Go to AudreyMichelle.com slash awaken. That's Audrey Michelle spelled M-I-C-H-E-L dot com slash awaken. Get ready to experience Truth Talk Radio with host Deb Acker. Tune in to Truth Talk Radio each Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com to illuminate the truth in your daily life as you experience life, love, and abundance from a whole new perspective. This hit show will leave you feeling lighter and bring you into a place of infinite possibilities every day in every way. Visit TruthTalkRadioShow.com for upcoming transformative topics and guests. What is a brilliant culture? And how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rowley has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you design a culture that is authentic, innovative, and successful. Learn how to create change with Cultural Brilliance Radio, the DNA of organizational excellence and Claudette Rowley. To learn more or work with Claudette, visit ClaudetteRowley.com. you discovered the remarkable books at angelhealinghouse.com? Author Claire Candy Hoff has channeled rare books of inspiration and insight. Angels of Faith is an inspiring story of healing, comfort, and hope that reminds us that death is not to be feared, but embraced with joy. One True Home Behind the Veil of Forgetfulness takes readers on a roller coaster ride through Angel Ariel's five most important lives on Earth, as well as her experiences in the afterlife, and helps us remember our own journey across the veil. And Claire Candy's autobiography, I Am an Angelic Walk In, which details the 2003 soul exchange that took place when Claire Candy walked out of her body and Angel Ariel walked in, creating heaven on Earth for herself and others. To find out more about these wonderful books, visit angelhealinghouse.com today. Welcome back to On The Verge Radio with Laura Richer on Transformation Talk Radio. We are talking today about being in a toxic relationship with your job. And um, and I'm Andy, the co-host, and here's Laura again. So, Andy, <laughs> we have talked about some pretty toxic work situations. And yeah. now I want to talk a little bit about why do we stay in those work situations? What was oh. your experience? Uh, I really got my identity from it, which I've since learned through, you know, your help and other you know, just personal growth, that that's not really, I'm, I'm my own identity. I don't need to get it from my work. Or the approval of your boss. Uh, yes, correct. So what, what, were, what, what was going on with you when you were trying to get your boss's approval? How did you feel? Crushed. It never <laughs> happened. And so I was always so devastated. Like I thought I'd, oh, I'd worked 40 hours on this report and I thought it was amazing and mm-hmm. so good and I'd deliver it and present it and everyone was like, well... I don't know about this detail on page six, if that's really worth it. And I thought, well, 
but what about page one and <laughs> one through 20? You know, is it was devastating and I never got it. And I think there's something about the looking for approval from your manager that it's also like looking for approval from your parent, like your parents mm-hmm. is almost as if I had shifted. Okay. I don't know if that. You no, know, absolutely. I think looking for approval in general, it usually has a negative impact. But <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but especially at your job when they're not, when your boss doesn't want to give it to you. Yeah. What are so, what, what, what did you get out of staying there for 12 years? I needed the paycheck. That was my, my fear around money was my main motivating factor. I was fear. super made, me, mediocre the whole time, so I wasn't looking for a lot of approval. <laughs> <laughs> super mediocre. That's like fairly severe. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So uh, I, you know, and I work with clients on this issue all the time that they're in a job that just does not work for them. And you don't have to become an entrepreneur. That was the avenue for both you and me. Some people, that's not what they're interested in doing. Um, but it might be that you want to go into a different career field, or you might want to stay in the same field and just work at a different company, or you might even want to just move to a different department. So exactly. there's always options, no matter what direction you want to go. Um, but one of my clients specifically that comes to mind kind of had a little bit of all of this going on with her. So she had a job that was at a really great company. Um, It was considered a prestigious company to work for. And what she was doing sounded really cool. When she told me about it, I thought, wow, I'd love to do that. She was traveling extensively, going to these great like events. But she hated traveling extensively. Um, (laughs) She did not like the company that she worked for. She felt like the work was meaningless. And she just was feeling more and more disappointed every day with, with what she was doing. So what she came to me for was she wanted me to help her find a way to tolerate this job and be happy about um. it. Well, unfortunately, I'm good, but not that good. And there was no way around it. She really needed to move on. So, you know, she had all kinds of things going on. She was experiencing physical pain and just a, a huge amount of stress. And it was really taking a toll on her mental and physical health and her relationship. You know, her partner was really sick of listening to her complain. And it was just not a good situation Yes, for that her. does get old, I think, for a lot of yes, partners. Yes, yes. Yep. So, you know, some of the fears that we worked on for her is it was a good job with a good company that a lot of people would want. So she almost felt guilty or that maybe it was the wrong decision to let that go. Um, so that was something that we had to work through. Also letting her partner down and feeling like she, you know, she needed to make her financial contribution to the marriage and the relationship and plan for retirement and all the things that we worry about. Um, so that was something that that we worked on a little bit. And the thought that there wasn't anything else. What else was she going to do? It's kind of like she felt she had reached kind of a pinnacle. Yeah. So when she got to a place with a little pushing for me, which I think annoyed her every now and then, but um, <laughs> that she started to say, maybe I will look to see if there are other options because I am so uncomfortable where I am right now. It was amazing how these two really great opportunities came up for her. And she ended up choosing one, and it was a place where she could use her creativity, where the work she did she feels is meaningful. Um, so it was just—and and she actually was going to ma- be making more money. So all wow. around, it just turned out to be a really good experience for her to open her mind to the possibilities and see what could happen. And I've yeah. seen that with a lot of clients. Yeah, that's where—we keep going back to that same thing, is be open to the new possibilities, kind of— don't stonewall that discussion or that thought and really explore your interests and be open to that there's something else out there. It doesn't have to be, as you thought, homeless or working at an insurance company. Right, exactly. We don't have to do that. And there's something to be said for trusting your instincts too, which is kind of what you did that whole time when you were having your on the verge moment. You, You had to trust yourself that it'll work out. Yes. I And I had to ask myself that question over and over. As you know, in the beginning of starting a business, it mm-hmm. can be uh, pretty 
lean as you get started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and having to just check in with myself and say, do I feel like this is what I am supposed to be doing? And I always came back to yes. I didn't know what it was going to look like or how the business was going to grow. Um, but I always came back to the thought that this is exactly what I should be doing, which is not something I ever felt when I had a job making a really good paycheck. But I felt very strongly that was not what I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. And since then, fast forward a few years, you know, I, I've replaced what I make at my, made at my corporate salary. I'm actually this year going to make more than that. It took a little while to get up and running. Of course. But, you know, that was a possibility for me. And I am so happy with the work that I do. I love working with clients. I love helping people achieve their goals. I feel like this line of work, I can utilize my skill set, which I yes. put in at my old job. So there is always, always another possibility, as you know, and it starts through gum sometimes. Yeah, chewing gum, kittens, (laughs) you never know. Um, I think the other thing, and you reminded me of this when I was starting, is that it's it's not going to be easy, and it's not going to happen overnight. Mm -hmm. And you have to kind of be willing to take this risk and be scared and be willing to fail and try new things while you're going. But if you're so worried about money and so afraid— what is the what's the cost of staying though at this at this other job? So let's I want to kind of combat some of those fears that people have where they say, okay, so let's say this. I don't have time. I don't have time to look for another job. What do you say to clients who say that to you? Well, you know, that's a valid concern, especially if you're working 12 to 15 hours a day. But think about what you're missing out on when your life is out of balance. I mean, are you not tucking your kids in at night? Are you not spending time with your partner? Are you not exercising and taking care of your health? What is the cost of not having time? And although it is a valid concern, there is always a different, there's always an option. So I have a client um, that I've been working with who, you know, she had a long commute, she had a long work day, and it Mm -hmm. was true. She didn't really have any time. But she hired somebody to help her and who helped her with her resume, helped, was applying for jobs for her. So she got creative and found a way to make that happen. So there is always some sort of solution if you're willing to look for it. Yes. And if you don't make it a priority, nobody will. No. You, certainly your employer won't. I read an interesting statistic talking about working. You work more than 55 hours a week. You have a 40% higher chance of um, developing AFib, which we've all seen the commercials for, mm-hmm. but that is going to increase your risk of stroke by five times. It's like, it's not worth it right. to be doing all of this, but we, I don't know why we just keep pushing through. Um, all right, here's another one. Well, there isn't anything out there for me, Laura. I never find another job. Well, in my case, that was absolutely true. There was no job as a hypnotherapist waiting for me to apply to. <laughs> so I just made my own job. Um, so that's always an option. Same with you. There yeah. wasn't a job that you saw posted, so you created a, your own business. Uh, but I think that if you look, there always is an option, you know, especially here in the Seattle area. We live in a big city with a lot of big companies and a lot of opportunity. Even if you live in a smaller place, you know, maybe mm-hmm. there's an opportunity to work from home online. There's just, there's always an option. Yes. And if you believe that there's nothing out there for you, that's what the truth will be for yeah, you. Exactly. So it's just, you know, when my mind was closed and I only had corporate job or homelessness, homelessness, hopelessness, homelessness, uh, hopelessness <laughs> for homelessness. Absolutely. We got As you. my options. That, those were the only possibilities available because that's all I was open to. So yeah. as I opened my mind to the fact that there might be something else for me and I took it in steps, you know, I left my corporate job and then I worked for a smaller company. Um, and did some other little side jobs, and it kind of progressed to where I could see there are other options available to me. Yeah. I have another one that I think is is kind of uh, poignant. I'm a single mom. How could I ever change? So a single mom stuck at this toxic job. What do you say to her? So there— I- 
really the same thing that we've been saying, that there is always another opportunity. And maybe it's not the right time to start your own business, but maybe there is a different business that you can work for. Maybe there's a different department that you can go to. Maybe you can go back to school, although that might be tough as a single mom. But But you could take a class at a community college. You could take a class at a community college. So, you know, like I said, I had that fear. Well, I'm a single woman. How can I start a business? I don't have anyone to fall back on. Um, So I think fear can tell you all kinds of reasons why it's not possible. But there are tons of single moms in the history of the world that have done amazing things. Yes. Uh, All right. Tell me this. What if you want to change careers? You truly want to change careers, um, but you really don't know how to. And you have this idea. You have a new company idea, new product idea. What do you? What can we do for them? Well, Andy, I am glad you asked because at Seattle Healing, we have a program called Career Transformation that you and I have put together, um, kind of combining our two skill sets. So for somebody who wants to be an entrepreneur, that's really what this program is designed for. Yeah. That And has an idea of where they'd like to go, but are struggling with the fear of how to get started and having the confidence to do that. And also are lacking... Um, some direction in a a practical action plan to launch their business, we have our career transformation program where we help them overcome the fear that's holding them back Mm -hmm. as well as help them create a marketing plan and a strategy that will get them to where they want to go next. Absolutely. So you kind of help them on clarifying their goals and overcome those limiting beliefs. And I help them coming up with that practical strategy to start marketing the business. Yes. We're not going to give them the idea. No. Although I'm not, I have no shortage of ideas. But, <laughs> and we um, could help them shape it a little bit. But that program is really for somebody who kind of has a general idea. Maybe, you know, they're um, a personal chef and they know that that's what they want to do, but they have no idea how to get the business started. Mm-hmm. That's, and maybe they're afraid of failing or, or what people will think of them. So that's yes. kind of what, that's the ideal candidate for this program. Yeah. But we do have another program because not everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. No. But for people who do want to make a big change, but they're just feeling stuck for whatever reason, maybe they're lacking self-confidence or they just need a little bit of clarity on which direction to go. We also offer our self-esteem boost, which mm. is an eight-week program and I work that we're working with me. Um, And we do a combination of life coaching and hypnotherapy and Reiki to really help clients identify what's holding them back and shift those limiting beliefs so that they can move forward into into the next phase of a career that's satisfying to them. Yeah. And I think part of it, too, that you kind of help people with in that way is that a lot of us can tend to be people pleasers. Mm -hmm. And so we forget about pleasing ourselves and making sure that we're happy with the work that we're doing and it doesn't it just isn't about everybody else and a lot of us tend to not know how to say no I'm still struggling with that that's a lifelong journey Um, and also not saying no without feeling guilty or I don't know if that was a double negative yeah that that is something that can come up for people I was watching uh, Marie Forleo on YouTube today who I love her YouTube channel And she had a guest on who I can't remember her name. But anyway, they were talking about how in their careers they had always followed their instincts. And this particular guest does a one-woman play. And she's been wildly successful doing a lot of random things that you wouldn't think of as a career path. And she's even given up network TV shows to—gosh, we'll have to find out her um, name—to follow her own instincts. And it's it's paid off for her. And Marie Forleo chimed in and said that was her too, you know— she, she created this YouTube channel, and yeah. a lot of people said, why don't you tr- go for network TV? But her instinct told her what direction to go. Yeah. So I think anyone that we talk, we listen to or hear about that's really successful, they tuned into their own inner voice and followed yes. their own instincts, and they didn't care what other people thought of them. Yes, and you have to start somewhere. I think that's 
hard for people mm-hmm. sometimes that they think they should just start and suddenly have 10 million customers and or 10 million followers. And it just, you have to start somewhere. I remember we watched Marie Forleo after her seven-year anniversary of her YouTube channel, and she was like, the seven things I've learned. And one of them was, you have to start somewhere, and it showed her in her kitchen. I think somebody walked through the background. A cat jumped on the table. like, And now she's in this beautiful studio. She gets her hair and makeup done, and yeah. she, but she's always had the same inspiring message. Yes, and she she followed her own advice. She just got started. Yeah. She didn't have, she didn't wait till there was a huge studio and hair and makeup. She just made a video in her kitchen. And, you know, as you saw, that's kind of what I did. I just threw up a website, rented a space <laughs> and said, you know what? I'll see what happens here. Yeah. Wasn't the prettiest form of it, but it was just getting started. Yeah. You had to start somewhere. Because right. if you wait for everything to be perfect, then you're never going to do anything. What about you with your business? How What did you do to just kind of throw yourself in there and go for it? Well, I'd created the gum blog and then I thought, well, I, okay, I, I love hummingbirds and I have a whole story of why I started that. But I, um, I found somebody who built my logo and then I built my own website and then I got terrified and thought, who am I to start my own company? And so I found another corporate job very quickly. And then after four months, they laid off their whole marketing department and I thought, this is it. I just have to do it. And so I applied for my business license and I found a networking group that I joined and I really didn't even <laughs> know what I was doing, but <laughs> I have I've figured it out. Like I knew the basic of what my skill set was and what I had to offer people. It was just kind of refining my message and figuring out how to how to do it all. And it it all just kind of comes together. There there has to be the belief in yourself that you can make it happen. And how much has your business changed over since you got started? Oh, it's like night and day. Yeah. We I mean, we have a fun tagline, a flutter of creative solutions, and I think the first one was something like let Hummingbird fly, swoop in and help you or something. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but I have a different kind of clientele. I've refined who I kind of want to work with, and um, I've, I've really started to value my own worth and kind of charge what I'm worth. So it's been, um, it's really been fantastic. I never knew that I could feel this happy with work. It is fantastic, but you couldn't have started where you are today. You had to start somewhere, right? And it's exactly. always growing and evolving, and I think that's important, too, to realize that sometimes it just takes getting started. And it's not, your first effort is not going to be the final product. No. Well, there probably never is a final product. You're no, always you're it's always, always a work in progress. Yeah. And I think the other thing too is not feeling guilty that I stayed at that other company for eight years and like, oh, what wasted time. It's all part of like the growing and learning experience. And for you, not feeling guilty, okay, I was there for 12 years and kind of the the toll it took on you physically. I mean, you were diagnosed with, arthritis in your shoulder when you were there and now yes, it's gone. and it miraculously went away when I left. Yes. So I'm not sure about that diagnosis. <laughs> but I think that, you know, for me, I had to have that experience. It, when I was first out of college, I wasn't ready to, to go into the work that I wanted to do yet. Mm-hmm. I needed to have some life experience behind me. I actually have the experience of getting out of the corporate world and starting my own business, which is a lot of the work that I do with clients now. So I don't know how effective of a coach I would have been if I exactly. hadn't had that experience. So I value that experience very much. It wasn't a pleasant experience, but right. necessary. Yeah. And I think too, there's that whole, that analogy about the, uh, excuse me, the analogy about the frog in the boiling water, that it doesn't start as this really toxic work environment or you would never stay. Like the frog, if you put him in a pot of boiling water, he jumps out right away. But if you put him in the pot and t- slowly turn up the heat, he'll boil to death because he doesn't know that he's dying. Right. And (laughs) I was boiling to death. I was boiling to death. Let me tell you about that. Um, I think 
you, you've worked with a lot of clients, um, kind of helping them to kind of figure out what they want to do and all of that. Mm-hmm. So do you have any other examples that you could share where hypnotherapy has been successful or? So I have a client um, that I have been working with who has, who doesn't hate her job actually, but she has the desire to go out on her own and do her own thing. And there's always fear associated with that. There's always fear of the unknown. Um, and, and she's so passionate about the idea that she has And so what we've been just trying to do is untangle some of the things that are keeping her from moving in that direction. And a lot of times it's other people's voices in your head. You know, my grandma told me I should get a stable job and Mm -hmm. have benefits and work for the post office my whole life, which is awesome (laughs) if you like working for the post office. I thought I wanted to at one point. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't seem like a bad gig. But if you want to be, if you want (laughs) to own your own clothing store or create a clothing line or be a personal chef or a photographer, that might not be the right path for you. Yeah. Um, So just looking at some of those things. And, you know, she's so excited when she talks about the things she's inspired by. And then when I ask her how she feels about staying where she's at, you could just see her body language just kind of sink down and kind of deflate. And I think she said, you know, it kind of feels like settling if I was to do that. So um, I think there's a lot of information in that right there. When you think about staying in your job for the next 20 years, if it mm-hmm. feels like you'd rather drive off the Aurora Bridge, then maybe <laughs> you're in the wrong place. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's some other things that go in with working in a, like having work stress. Like it leads to really overeating, not exercising, making unhealthy eating choices mm-hmm. in general, like drinking too much, eating lunch at your desk where you're just grabbing a bag of chips yeah. and a diet soda. And it's, this is not, this isn't healthy. And this isn't how life is supposed to be. We're supposed to be happy, not hating, hating life. Well, and if we're going to spend 8, 10, 12 hours a day on something, don't you want it be, to be something that you really love, that you're really excited about? Then it's yes. not even work. Exactly. Work. Do what you love and the money will follow. Yes. Yes. Um, so tell us again how we can get in touch with you. So you can reach me at seattlehealinghypnosis.com, and I offer a complimentary consultation for new clients. Um, you can also just give us a call at 206-765-8265, and we're all over social media at seattlehealinghypnotherapy.com. Fantastic. And let's just get back to one thing. How should and can a good relationship with your job feel? You should feel energized and excited to go to work. You should feel passionate about the work you do. You should feel happy and fulfilled and that you're living your life on purpose, your purpose. Yes. And how should you not feel? If you're feeling constant criticism. You shouldn't feel anxious, criticized, deflated, dread, defeated, all of those negative feelings. Yeah. If you don't really have a work-life balance, if you feel like you're not happy at work and your company doesn't even care if you're happy or if you stay, if you're feeling bullied. Yes. Oh, boy. We're going to do a couple of episodes or we're going to do an episode in a couple of shows about bullying in the workplace. Yes, which is very common. By both managers and other employees. Mm -hmm. Those bullies grew up. Those bullies from the playground grew up and they went to work (laughs) and they're mean. I don't like them. (laughs) Well, we will touch on that on a later episode because there's a lot of stuff around that to be addressed. So what can we expect on the next episode of On the Verge Radio? So the next episode of On the Verge, we're going to be talking about toxic love relationships. And you know you're in a toxic love relationship for all the reasons you know why you're in a toxic job. So we'll just talk about that a little bit more. Um, And 
Fantastic. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I just wonder if there's anything else that you want to add to people about what your experience was like and how much it, your life has changed and how positive you feel that you've been able to let go of that and let go of the fear. You know, I am doing the work that I love. I love going to work every day. I don't have any anxiety about making a paycheck from someone else anymore. I've been doing it long enough now that I just know that it's all going to work out. And I get to make a contribution in the way that I want to, which is helping and supporting other people. So this, I feel amazing. What about you? I am so glad that I was able to let go of the fear of starting something and let go of the fear of oh my gosh, what am I going to do about money and how am I going to pay my mortgage and all of that and just feel okay about doing my own thing and not worrying what anybody else thinks, not worrying about stuff because worrying does nothing but rob today of its power. Like it's just, I need to do my own thing and help clients and feel fulfilled that way. And I I really do. It's, It's truly fantastic. I think some advice that I would give to people if they're really stuck in this environment and they don't know what to do and they haven't called you yet, um, I would say, like, do some soul searching and really pay attention to what makes you happy. And ask yourself, what are some of the compliments that people have given me about my behavior? And maybe brainstorm with a mentor or a trusted friend. I know for you, Laura, you were always kind of the go-to person in your group of friends all through growing up, like, middle school, high school, college, and even today, you're the person they call. Yes, and in my adult life. And that was actually a role that wasn't taxing to me in any sort of way. I love to get their calls and work their problems through with them. Yeah. So that was something that I knew was a talent that I had. Absolutely. And so I think by not being afraid to take a risk and not being afraid to capitalize on what you're good at, it doesn't have to be the way that we've structured America. We don't have to be just doing going to this noxious nine to five and having this destructive daily grind we don't it doesn't have to be that it way. absolutely does not have to be that way yeah so and if, we have done it and we i've seen countless clients do it so if that is something that you're interested in and you want to make that change check us out at seattlehealinghypnosis.com and we will be tuning into on the verge uh next month our next episode is going to be on september 18th at 11 a.m we hope you turn in to talk about toxic love relationships thanks everybody for tuning in You've been listening to On The Verge Radio, using your breakdown for a breakthrough with Coach Laura Richer. We all have that moment in life when we are on the verge of big change. This time of transition is a wild and unknown place. How will you show up? Embrace the positive, drop the negative, and you can experience total transformation. Schedule a breakthrough session with Laura at seattlehealinghypnosis.com. Laura will help you discover the path to creating rapid and positive changes. Tune in every month for On The Verge Radio with Laura Richer.